0: Welcome to the What I Wish I Knew podcast put on by Education for Tomorrow Alliance in Montgomery County, Texas. My name is Corinne, and I am your host for our season three of What I Wish I Knew. This podcast is all about the emerging leaders and the steps they are taking to reach the careers that they have envisioned for themselves. We are excited to invite you or welcome you back for our Season 3 and have you join us on this journey as we speak with young leaders from Montgomery County, Texas and beyond about their careers, the steps and advice that have helped them along the way, and their dreams for their future. If you're a local student and would like to learn more about EFTA and the programs that we offer, please visit our website at www.efta-us.org. If you're not local to us and you found our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, we're so glad you're here and we hope that there are some little nuggets that you can take away from each of our episodes um, about how you could better prepare for future education and future potential jobs. Um, And we're just excited to have you along this journey. Thanks for joining us. In today's episode of the What I Wish a New Podcast, I sit down with Patrick Steed, IAM Engineer at NOV Corporate. Patrick is a 2010 graduate of Connor High School, and after graduation, he attended Texas Tech University, where he was a member of the Farmhouse Fraternity and involved in, student, in the Student Government Association. In 2015, he graduated from Texas Tech with a Bachelor's of Business Administration in Management Information Systems. He has a background in cybersecurity, cloud, software, and automation spaces. And um, he goes a little bit into kind of the path that has led him to where he is now and um, kind of the steps that he's learned and the things that he's learned within all those different areas. In his spare time, he enjoys woodworking, golf, and spending time with his wife in Labradoodle Alley. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Patrick. How are you?
1: Hey, great. Doing well.
0: Good. Well, thanks for joining me. Long time. No, no, let I me mean, virtually see, but also not see you in person in a long time.
1: Yeah, It's been, it's been, it's been many years.
0: Yes. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, I gave a little bit of introduction about kind of you um, on the front end of this episode, but if you could kind of help us just kind of introduce yourself to our listeners and we'll get started. Sure.
1: Sure. Yeah. So Patrick Steed, um, was not born in Conroe, but I've spent pretty much my entire life besides my college years in Conroe, Texas, graduated from Conroe high school in 2010. Um, went and spent five great years in Lubbock, Texas at Texas Tech. Um, while I was there, I got a degree in MIS. Um, coming out of, of tech, I ended up, um, a couple different companies trying to recruit me, uh, landed at, uh, what was National Oil Varco of ARCO, now just NOV. Um, and What brought me to NOV was they had this program that essentially offered internships, but they were full-time jobs. So I got to spend the first year um, working in four different jobs uh, within my first year to kind of learn the company and learn what I liked, um, which was, which was cool. I got a lot of exposure to Um, I spent some time doing some scripting for some industrial engineers, um, spent a lot of time doing operational technology stuff, and then ultimately ended up working in our IT security group. Um, I have learned what it feels like to get laid off in the oil and gas industry already. Uh My rotation program was supposed to be four rotations, only made it to three, Um, and luckily when I was in my third rotation, I was with the IT security group, and they had open positions that they were hiring for, and it just kind of happened that I was there, they needed people, um, and I was able to apply and interview and, yeah. and make it onto that team, which was, which has been really cool, and it's kind of been uh, history ever since.
0: Yeah, yeah, so um, you said a degree in MIS, just for us listeners out there. Sure. In- information systems, correct? Is that? Yeah, so okay. it's
1: it's uh, it's management information systems the way the way tech did it and I think change, things have changed a lot since I went to school which is crazy to say it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of universities now that offer degrees even more specifically than that. Like my my degree was MIS with a focus in web application systems. Okay. Um, now I believe I've, I've looked a, a bit. There are degrees where you can get a degree in cybersecurity and. Uh, information security, information assurance. Um, you know, in addition to all of those computer science, computer engineering okay. degrees, and the the thing that took me towards um, MIS over, say, a computer science or computer engineering is, uh, while I'm okay at math, I'm not yep. engineering level math. Um, so MIS was a cool way to get into that, but also have like a like so I have a BBA in MIS from the business school, not from like our engineering school. Right. So that gave me kind of a businessy background in addition to the technical, you know, programming and uh, like project management type stuff that that you do in, in school. Um, but yeah, so that was a that was a cool. And I actually totally ended up um, in MIS sort of by accident. So I went I went to college to be a geography major. Um, and I was minoring in geographic information systems and the minor overlapped with a lot of the MIS curriculum because they were both information systems degrees. And so I started taking some of those classes, um, really liked what I was learning and realized that if I was to stay in geography, which I really love the path career wise was kind of singular. It was very much like uh, academia or, um, you know, research type, you know, yeah. stuff. Not like not really. A, there weren't a lot of companies hiring geography majors. Right. But the exposure I got in MIS was like everybody needs these guys. Every you know, um, and so that that turned into a hey, maybe I should switch to this. Um, and it, you know, ultimately, it was a great decision. But it did it did uh, set me back like a year in terms of graduating. Uh, but I got that five years in Lubbock. So yeah,
0: was, you got to do a victory lap. That's yeah, what, yeah. That's we called them back in when I went to school, which was yeah. not too long before you. So, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, it,
1: it was good though. But uh, so so that worked out nicely, and uh, found a lot more uh, career opportunities in that field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. Some of the the jobs I entertained uh potentially like for a while I was talking to um a company in Wichita Kansas and I was going to go work on like they built airplanes okay. but my wife uh I guess she wasn't even no she was my fiance then uh wasn't entertaining the idea of moving to Wichita at all so it became right. uh, look at Houston specifically um so yeah
0: well, that, that kind of helped clarify us because I know we have a lot of students that come through our programs that they say information systems, they say computer science. And I know that it's such a broad range of things that they could go into or they're still exploring what that, that could look like. So I think giving, you're giving your example of how you kind of came into that and found it to be something that's of interest. And obviously knowing that We'll always have to have some sort of kind of that technology, especially as we continue to just grow and everything changes and innovates and things like that. So.
1: Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, It's definitely a good a good delineation to make. But also, you know, uh, I think there's a bit of a thought that, like, if you're a computer science degree versus an MIS degree, that you are maybe a better programmer or but that that ultimately comes down to how well you know what you're doing. Right. Which, but that was a really interesting thing coming out of college was there was a idea that since the degree path was harder, that the, there was like inherently a superior like knowledge there. And it's like, well, maybe not, not as much as you think.
0: Yeah. So what do you feel like? Um prepared you most to step into this career outside of, I mean, schooling?
1: Sure. Yeah. Um, I got really lucky, honestly. Um, I had a really good family friend who was working for a small software startup um, when I was in between my sophomore and junior year. And he was looking for somebody to come in and uh, they were doing these, Uh, It's like a 3D modeling, architectural simulation, Mm -hmm. virtual reality thing using like a game engine, which was really cool stuff that I've never seen before. But uh, he just needed somebody to come in and write like really basic uh, scripts for them to do different stuff. Like I think I wrote like a flashlight script and I wrote a, um, like a navigation script so that you could walk around inside the environment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I got to I got to do that for so it started out as, as a summer internship, and then we actually worked out a way where I was able to take that back to Lubbock with me. I worked for them for I guess about a year. Uh, it was remotely, which was which was cool. It was kind of my first taste of uh, the ability to collaborate with a team from afar. Yeah, which
0: to prepare you for now.
1: To prepare you for this, which is, which has been great. Uh, <laughs> But that, that was a really cool springboard, um, and then that internship gave me a lot of really cool things to talk about mm-hmm. in interviews going forward. Um, and then the next summer, uh, I was trying to kind of get into uh, the oil and gas business, um, and I actually wasn't planning to go work at Baker Hughes for the summer. Um, was going to go up to Fort Worth and work for BNSF Railway Mm -hmm. Uh, and then Baker Hughes reached out in like April I think when I was going to start in May and they were like hey uh, we saw you applied for an internship or you know you're still interested and it became a uh, pretty simple math because I was able to work at the facility in the woodlands uh, and live at home here in Conroe uh, versus BNSF was going to be Moved to fort worth for the summer and they were going to help with housing but i was going to have to you know pay for a place for three months
0: right
1: figuring out all that and then the ultimate long term there would have been uh ending up probably working for bnsf which would then have taken me and my wife to fort worth which would have confused the desire to live home in common where our families yeah. are um so that's how i ended up bigger heaps and that was that was really cool uh entrance into the world that is the oil and gas mm-hmm. business companies and um, is ultimately how I ended up at NOV yeah yeah
0: well it's those I think a number of our guests that have been on the podcast talk about how that one internship or that one opportunity that was that they were allowed to do in a summer that they were offered in the summer led into more opportunities or like you led into the career that they're in now and so sure. we at efta we always kind of push the importance of internships and gain those kind of on the job like hands-on learning as much as you can even if it's just through a family friend that you shadow for two. sure, years, sure. Like that so um i think that's that's great and i thank you for kind of talking about that
1: yeah inter- internships are, are definitely important that's been been something that's been really hard with COVID. I, I, yeah. I'm encouraged by what I've seen on LinkedIn in terms of companies still, you know, keeping their internship programs alive and, and seeing, you know, like that's, that's been quite the trend on LinkedIn recently is people, uh, you know, yeah. thanking companies for their internships, which, which is really cool to see. Uh, but yeah, definitely feel like it's there's been a, probably a small adverse effect on the amount of internships out there due to, you know, people not going to the office or not wanting to you know, introduce new people into their environments and right. stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to take a short break. Throughout the 2021-2022 school year, we are excited to bring back our Distinguished Speaker Series. These series are free virtual speaking events held each month, highlighting different professionals from various industries and careers. Um, High school students will have the opportunity to learn about where these professionals have come from, where they're headed, and what they've learned. These sessions will take place via Zoom on the first and third Thursday of every month from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. Registration is required in order to attend, and please note that registration does close at 6 p.m. on the day of the session. Join us for our next Distinguished Speaker series on November 4th, where we have Maggie Lauer, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Hootsuite. Again, we'll be there on November 4th from 630 to 730. You can find registrations in the show notes notes for this podcast or on our website at www.efta-us.org. We look forward to seeing you there. All right, welcome back. We are speaking with Patrick Steed, who is an an I'm I A M I I, am, I, I, am. I am, yeah I A M engineer um, at Nov Inc. And um, we've kind of talked about kind of your education and those that internship that kind of helped you. Uh, Officially land the job that you have now, um, within that time of maybe with what you're, where you are now, or maybe the process working up to where you are, what would you say has been your proudest moment?
1: Uh, you know, proudest moments are, are a hard thing for me because I, I just don't, I don't find myself like dwelling on, on things and and goals and stuff. It's just kind of a something happens and we, we finish it and we move on. I mean, there've been some really cool things that have built at an um, software wise that have solved problems, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, it's, it's just one of those, you know, the continual learning and improving of stuff that has been, been useful. I mean, it's, I don't know, there there hasn't been, there there have been some cool projects that I've got to work on and be a part of, Um, there's been some cool uh, cybersecurity type things that I can't really go into that I got to work on that were, that were really cool and it was was cool to watch our team come together and solve and overcome some challenges, but yeah. can't can't point to one in particular
0: yeah no that's okay um so maybe is it easier to pick a greatest challenge or is that also kind of similar but
1: uh yeah i mean i would say the great the greatest challenge is within the information systems profession is not letting yourself get too comfortable i mean Mm -hmm. i i think that's the hardest part of this job is it has its ability to get mundane because you can do the same thing over and over again, but there's also always something new you can learn. There's a mm-hmm. company who's making some new technology that solves some problem, or there's a new way to do the same thing you've done hundreds of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of keeping keeping that hunger going is, is definitely a challenge um, because it it's it's really easy to fall into the uh, if it's not broke I don't need to fix it right. uh, type mentality, but It's it's definitely something I struggle with is keeping the desire to learn new stuff because this world moves so fast that you can get left behind, you know, if you, if you, if you take too much time. Yeah.
0: Is, I guess this industry is one that, is there some, would you say that there's something new? Every day, or some new application, or I might not be using the right language. Because listeners, if the students that have been through our programs are listening, they know this is the industry that doesn't make a ton of sense to me. And so I try really hard, but the language I'm not great at.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's all of the above. I mean, there there are new apps, there are new programming languages, there are um, new pieces of software that people have written and put out on GitHub that you know would help you do something that you might spend months building, but somebody's already built it. We can just use it, you know, stuff like that. I mean, and there's, there's definitely the, uh, you know, ever present um, cyber component to all of the uh, information systems work. And it's, it's really interesting because when I first started working uh, for NOV, we were, I mean, we still are the IT security team, but it was kind of the IT security we're responsible for securing the company and protecting everyone. And in the six years I've been here, I've watched it change from, you know, information security is everyone's responsibility. It's mm-hmm. the actions you're taking in the digital world that can have an effect on whether or not your company is protected. You know, it's, and it's and it's really, really, I mean, you know, you look at somebody that has like a super high level of access to a company um, from an administrative standpoint. Sure, they're more at risk of, uh compromising the company but if you can get a you know low-level secretary's email address and email someone on behalf of them but they're the secretary to the ceo there's the potential to yeah. you know cause all kinds of havoc so it's 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 an interesting thing to think about how keeping a company safe is is all is about everyone and Everybody. not just an individual team now which has yeah. it's been kind of cool to watch change
0: yeah no that's a good point all right. So the next two questions, I hear all the time that they are very hard and I should probably change them. But um, where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Um, in five years, I see myself probably moving more to the managerial side of things. I've been okay. very heavy on the technical side of my team. Um, we're kind of, uh, I think our team is six. So we have, we have one manager and then there's three engineers and three administrators. And so we're, we're kind of divided in that engineering admin role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I hope to move into more of a, a managerial role and, you know, help guide someone down this path of right. you know, uh, information systems and whatnot. I mean, I've, I've had a great manager. Uh, I've, I've actually had two managers since I've been interviewed and they've both been, been great guys and you know, all the tools I need to succeed and, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun working, working for them. So I I hope at some point I can be a good manager for another person. And I feel like that's the, the logical progression of things at least.
0: Right. Yeah. All right. So, um, I know a lot of our listeners, a lot of the students that go through our programs are of that high school, sophomore, junior, senior age. What would be that one piece of advice you would go back and tell your 17, 18 year old self?
1: Your grades matter more than you think, and it. And even if you think they matter a lot, they they matter more than that. Uh, I I definitely. Um, you know, I I wasn't a wasn't a 4.0 student. I was probably you know, in the, you know, I made a lot of B's and A's and whatnot. But um, there there are definitely opportunities that will not present themselves for you if your grades are not of a certain caliber and you know, if you, if you want, you want it to be easy, make good grades, pretty much every company will hire you then. But if you don't have really good grades, some companies won't even talk to you is, is the, the harsh reality of that. But, you know, and it's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, college, college is hard. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it is one of those things that, you know, there's, there's definitely work you have to put in, but the benefits that come with working at that age, you know, pay massive dividends later later in your life when it comes to, you know, the stress of finding a job because it's right. it, is, it is stressful looking for a job and you know you gotta you got look in the right places and you gotta, uh, you know, network and talk to people and that that and that type of stuff is hard for me because I'm you know I'm a computer guy like I <laughs> I, I don't I don't want to talk to people and right. Uh, small talk and whatnot so it's 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 definitely something that uh if you if you don't want to have to sell yourself just make yourself look as good as you can on paper and you'll have to do way less talking
0: yeah no that's good that's good and I think your point to kind of well maybe I'll just ask your transition from high school to college and entering into that maybe it was in your second year, whenever you kind of switched your major and into the information systems, the level of kind of class intensity or um, the I, I, th- I feel just feel like a lot of kids that want to enter into the STEM, um, hmm. it's kind of the college obviously is the next level for all of us, no matter what major you go in, just because it's a whole new life change. Sure, but sure. specifically for those entering into STEM fields, kind of were you, did you feel prepared coming out of high school to enter into some of those degrees? And this is not to go against Conner High School or anything like that, but like
1: sure, mentally,
0: sure. like in how you studied or how you prepared for tests or things like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I would say the hardest classes in high school don't prepare you for college. Like they, mm-hmm. they, and and that's not because the, tests are harder or the it's the biggest part of that is your, your time management skills. I mean, Mm -hmm. you go from a pretty structured day in high school to college where if you're not, if you're not, you're not working, if you're just going to school, you're maybe spending three hours of your day in actual occupied time and everything else is on you. Mm -hmm. So, so that's, that's the thing that I think is the hardest is, you know, teaching yourself um, what to do with your time when you have it and understanding that, I mean, there's, there's tons of fun stuff to do in college. There's tons of, you'll have tons of free time, but the proper utilization of time is something that, and you won't get it um, from the get-go, you know. I mean, I can remember my freshman year compared to my junior year, understanding what it took to prepare for a test was a completely different thing. I mean, yes. Uh, but that's, that's where, uh, you know, when I talked about changing my major, like when I changed to MIS, um, I had an almost perfect 4.0 in my major classes. Uh, and that was to me a really good indication to myself that I made the right change, like that I really liked what I was doing. Um, so, so that was, that, that was, that a cool, like, okay, this is, this is the right fit, but I think um, I think it would have been really hard for me to see that uh, when I coming from high school to college, I definitely didn't know that's what I wanted to do. I guess what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's great. So we like to end each podcast um, with just a couple of fun, quick, get to know you a little bit deeper questions. Um, What would your three lead tweets or three hashtags be to capture your leadership aspiration?
1: Um. Probably I'm gonna use a Wayne Gretzky quote that's you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. I'm gonna quote uh, the chancellor from tech when I was there. He had a quote that he uh, loved to say anytime he spoke that was dream, no little dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I've got to uh, to quote Yoda and do or do not try. Are my three.
0: It's quite the range of people to quote. So that, (laughs) no, I think those are great. And then best piece of advice um, when entering into your career. So if someone listening has the same kind of aspirations to be in a role that you are, what's your best piece of advice?
1: Uh, probably I kind of touched on it a little bit earlier, but kind of the never stop learning. Mm-hmm. Uh, the information systems world is one that um, I have seen people that have learned a lot of stuff on their own. Like they've they've self-taught themselves and moved around in the world without there, there are lots of very fancy certifications and programs and training. um, but there's, there's also just good old getting on the internet and Googling and, you know, um, yeah, if you like to tinker, it's the perfect world. You know, you can, you can teach yourself a lot of stuff with a, you know, $30 single board computer, um, when it comes to programming or uh, developing applications, stuff like that. So yeah, just just never losing the hunger to learn something new um, is probably the best piece of advice I could. I feel like you could give that, that could be a good piece of advice to anyone in any career, but definitely information systems.
0: Yes. (laughs) To anybody, yes. well, Patrick, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, I appreciate you giving us a little look into you and your career, and kind of the path that has led you there. Um, and I think it, again, we have a ton of students that are interested in interested in that information systems and computer science. And so, I just really appreciate you um, saying yes to join
1: me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This was yeah. this was really fun.
0: Yeah. Well, listeners, if you'd like to learn more about EFTA and the programs that we offer online and in person, you can visit us at www.efta-us.org. Thanks again, Patrick.